Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, the NFL had the chance to do the right thing. I believe that the NFL was going to be on the right side of history for the first time ever. Unfortunately, the NFL did what the NFL does. The impact that they've had on Toronto FC, it's undeniable. I understand that you have to defend your quarterback. I understand that you just can't come out and, you know, say, well, you know, we don't want Deshaun anyways. I understand. I get it. I have to do this because I have to appreciate it. Yes, and we're back. What's going on, everybody? This is Ray Route, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Ray's Sports Rant. We are part of the Dean Blundell Network at DeanBlundell.com. Most of that sports director. you got a podcast looking to uh, find yourself a platform? Come check me out. Find me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Shoot me a DM. Tell me, like, hey, man, I got a podcast. I want it amplified. Let me know. We'll do it good. Uh, we're going to get going here. Adam Wambreich is not here yet. Hoping he shows up shortly, but uh, I'll do it all on my own for the moment. I want to discuss a little bit about what happened over the weekend with Ken Dorsey. So obviously the Buffalo Bills had a, I, what I think is a surprising loss to the Miami Dolphins. I thought that Buffalo was going to go down there. Honestly, I thought they were going to crush them. I was wrong, clearly. But at the end of the game, after Buffalo had the opportunity to, you know, drive down the field and score and win and all of that fun stuff. Well, unfortunately for them, they uh, they didn't score. And Ken Dorsey threw an absolute fit in the uh, coach's box up in the booth. I mean, slamming things, slamming his laptop, slamming the paperwork. Some dude you saw in the back just jump and cover up the camera. And I'm going to say I was a little surprised because it was met with mixed reaction today you had some people that were 100% behind Dorsey you had others that were like I think Nick Wright called him out and called him disgusting and I can't remember what Nick Wright said I don't I don't pay attention to what Nick Wright says a whole lot but anyways we were you know just kind of rocking and rolling doing our thing and I was thinking about it today and I was like how do I feel about it number one it was an epic meltdown and he had every reason to be upset. Buffalo looked like hell in that game. And then I thought, okay, I'm a former football player. I've been screamed at by coaches. I've been stinkled out in the locker room by coaches. And I sat there and I was like, what would I do if I had found out my offensive coordinator through an absolute, I don't know, temper tantrum in the box because we lost the game and i thought you know what i'd probably run through the wall for the guy i'm not even kidding you i have absolutely zero issue with what ken dorsey did 
I was just like, dude, he was upset. He was mad and he had passion. And I think at the end of the day, isn't that what you're looking for? Aren't you looking for passion out of your coach? Because you want to get passion out of your players. We know that much. So I'm like, why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I be happy and excited for Ken Dorsey to throw a fit like that? If I'm a Buffalo Bills player, I just, I didn't get, I didn't get the people upset about it. You know what I mean? I didn't get the people who were like, oh man, you can't act like that. If you're a coach, why, why can't he act like that? You want your coach to have passion. You want your coach to be jacked up. So I was fine with it. I really was. How did you feel about it? Let me know in the comments. Good news. Adam Ombrek is on his way. A little bit of a mix-up. It's our first show together, so it'll get better. Don't blame Adam. Blame me. I'll take the blame for this. But yeah, no, I mean, I think I'm pretty, you know, I think we're going to have a good show. Adam's a really good guy. We're going to talk about the Toronto Raptors tonight. Crazy day in football again yesterday. Some boring games. Like that Packers uh, Bucks game. I mean, I was watching Tom Brady sitting on the bench and I just thought, dude, you could have sat at home butt naked with Giselle in a pot of gold. It said, you chose to come back and do this. Why? Why, 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 why? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I get passion, right? That's what it is. It's passion. It's the Ken Dorsey thing. It's passion. It's drive. It's the wanting to compete. I've heard that competitiveness is like a drug as well. So, yeah. You know, but yeah, uh, there was just, you know, I'm looking at Philly. The Eagles look so good this season. I'm looking at teams like Miami three and oh, are they real? Are they real? And then you got like the Patriots, Mac Jones could be out seven to eight weeks, could be out a week. Yeah. Believe it or not, the new England Patriots are not given any information. I know. Shocker. All right, you've heard enough from me. Ladies and gentlemen, the business this is what we call killing time. I want to bring in my man, my boy, the newest member of the Dean Blundell podcast, Mr. Adam Ombreich. Adam, how are you, man? I am doing absolutely fantastic. Uh, came in right on time, perfectly paced out, and I would only leave a man of your caliber and excellence to carry the weight until I got myself settled. No worries. I am going to put you on the spot here and, and oust you to the entire world that you were the one who said 7 till 7.30 is the Preferred best it. time that yes. works for you. Worked really good for me. It was a nice pocket to be in, and I'm glad that you honored that. The, the problem is there was no guarantee that I was going to, but I can extend myself now, though. So now we can go all night long if we need to. It's okay. Um, listen, man, welcome to Race Sports Rant, and I'm going to be the first one publicly to welcome to the Dean Blundell Network. Um, 
if everybody, you know, I always tell people I'm the busiest man in the independent media business. I'm probably the second busiest man in independent media. That man over there is the busiest man in independent media. He's the host of the Locked On Nets podcast. He's the host of the One Giants podcast. He does a whole bunch of producer stuff behind the scenes. He's starting a brand new podcast that I'm going to let him talk about here in just a minute. He's also going to be blogging for the Dean Bl- or for DeanBlundell.com. And um, yeah, and and I've told him this off air. I'm going to say it on air. Adam has, in my opinion, the greatest voice in broadcasting. So it's a big treat to have him here. But talk about your new podcast. What's it called? What can people expect? Where can they find it? When's it out? All of that kind of good stuff. Move over, Marv Albert, right? Got no time for you, man. I got a lot of work that I'm trying to get done here. Um, No, thank you very much. Obviously, uh, you and I go back a couple of few years now. So really appreciative when you reached out for this opportunity on the network. And it's going to be a lot of fun. The, The final feather in my cap, at least for the moment, is the Adam Up Sports podcast, which is going to be featured uh, obviously on this platform and also uh, in written form, as you mentioned. I'm excited to do it because it's the opportunity, as you said, I've covered the Brooklyn Nets five days a week on that show. I cover the New York Giants five days a week on that show. But there's always more to you know just a single team in a given sport or just a single narrative. So with Adam Up Sports, we're going to be looking at the NBA as a whole. Going to keep one little special eye on the Toronto Raptors for my friends to the north there. Um, which I'm really excited to do because they have always kind of been one of my favorite, you know, not my team, but it's a team you love. It's a team you respect, or at least I always have. So I'm really excited just to be able to take that broader look at the NBA and, and have a heck of a lot of fun with it. Cause the, the, the league last season into this one has started to open up in such a fun, exciting way where there is not just one or two teams that you think about being contention. It's a really wide open uh, cast of uh, talent right now. So that, that's actually the perfect segue into the first thing I want to talk about here, because here's the thing, Adam, it's, I found it very interesting. Somebody from the New York, New Jersey area around there. I know it's two different States, but we'll just say the, the whole general area Fine. saying that, you know, the Raptors, one of those teams like to watch, keep an eye on. Um, I find it very, because the Raptors, if you talk to a lot of people here in the six, as we like to call it, uh, we think that we're very disrespected. I don't think we've ever played a a Christmas Day game, even after winning the championship, even after having Kawhi Leonard on the team, one of the best players in the NBA. Uh, we never really got respect, even when we won our championship. I don't know if anybody ever saw the pictures of the parade if you weren't involved in it. I mean, I, match me a parade bigger than that one. I mean, that stretched across the entire city, especially a city that was starving for a championship. Our last championship was the Toronto Blue Jays in 1993. But we hear that we hear the whole narrative, right? Like superstars don't want to play for Toronto, um, you know, and Kawhi being one and done doesn't help the narrative. Uh, we had some other kind of players that came through Kyle Lowry. He's probably not the top of it, but he's Mr. Raptor, longtime guy here. you got guys like DeMar DeRozan drafted by the Raptors, didn't want to leave. The only reason he's not a Raptors because it took him to get Kawhi. Let's talk about Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam, now in my opinion, has always reminded me of a Chris Bosh. He's a great number two. And he really becomes his own when he has a Dwayne Wade, like when he was in Miami. Uh, he was supposed to play Chris Bosh, that is, with Vince Carter before that whole thing went on. And Chris, you know, and Vince joined your Nets. You'll remember that quite clearly. But there's a discussion that we have around here all the time about Pascal that we look at him as 
one of the underrated players in the league. The guy's been an all-star. He's been an all-NBA. He's a very, very good player in the league. So I guess my question is, is where do you kind of rank him amongst the stars of the NBA? And do you think that some of the, I'm going to call it disrespect. I'm going to say what it is. Do you think that some of that disrespect comes because he's here in Toronto? Because I've always thought if Pascal played for the Knicks or the Lakers or the Heat, you know, he'd be one of the most popular players in the league. Yeah, and I think that that's probably true of I'm going to I'm making this statement as small market team quote unquote. That's not what Toronto is. It's not what the San Antonio Spurs are. It's not they're all major teams, right? Cuz you're one of 30 in the NBA. But Kawhi Leonard who came and joined the Toronto Raptors on his little pit stop to LA when he was in San Antonio, everyone knew the talent that he was, but I think you do fall underneath the radar. There's a certain archetype of player in the NBA that makes it exciting, that makes it dynamic, that makes it Christmas Day games, right? It's the LeBron James of the world. Now, you could make a case when you start to talk about a Kevin Durant that Pascal Siakam, just from a measurable standpoint, fits more of that model and personality-wise, right? There's certain guys you fall into that cachet. But but the NBA is is so much driven around young star talent that I think each and every year, John Morant comes out. A handful of years ago, it's Trey Young comes out, right? Every single year, it's the next potential guy that's going to be the superstar talent. So if you're not in LA, if you're not in New York, if you're not getting the Sports Center ESPN coverage with consistency, you're going to have a somewhat finite window in order to really accentuate who you are as a player. That being said, when it comes to Pascal Siakam, I do think you hit it on the head. He's one of my one of my favorite players in the league. Like I love what his game is, and he is he is the exact guy you want to be your second best player. It's why when you dropped in Kawhi Leonard, all of a sudden it was championship, right? Because everything that he does only gets elevated more when, one, he has a better player ahead of him on the roster, and two, when he gets to take some of the more difficult tasks off of your best player, right? So that that functionality, it's the Chris Middleton to the Giannis, right? So many of those roles are ones that get unheralded but are absolutely needed, right? Toronto Raptors with Kawhi Leonard and no Pascal Siakam, they don't win the championship, right? So those things need to happen in tandem. And that's one of the beautiful things that I mentioned there about the way the game is evolving right now is it's going away from some of those big threes and these dominant high-end talents and then just whoever around them. It's getting back to a little bit more of team basketball, and that's where Toronto has an opportunity to really shine. So let's talk about pairing up Pascal with maybe one of the the stars of the league. He's not there yet, but he's a guy that I think Toronto Raptors fans are really hoping will get there. Last year, uh, a lot of the analysis after the draft was that the Raptors, they took, I don't want to call it a reach, but they took a chance on Scotty Barnes. They gambled a little bit taking Scotty Barnes where they did. And you want to talk about a gamble paying off. He paid off for the Toronto Raptors. Obviously he was elected as the rookie of the year, uh, was sensational here in Toronto, uh, has a great personality and the city just fell in love with the kid. And I think it's all a great wishy washy. We all love each other's story. However, we're now going into year two. And year two is always different than year one. Year one, it's I think it's easy for an NBA player. They might say you're you're insane, but I think it's easy because it's you don't know what to expect. 
right? You're going in, expectations aren't high, you're a rookie, you're, unless you're LeBron James that was selling out high school stadiums, you're not, you know, you're coming in to, you know, contribute what you can. Now there's expectation. You're rookie of the year. You need to come in. You're playing on a Nick Nurse team that runs probably one of the more complicated defenses in the NFL, or sorry, the NBA. You can tell I'm an NFL guy. In the NBA. (laughs) Yes, he runs a very complicated defense. And and yes, the Toronto Raptors can score, but the Raptors are primarily known for their defense. It's defense first, score second. Now, there are Toronto fans who will tell you we hate that (laughs) because we would rather see them score, but that's it. So when we look at Scotty Barnes, who didn't have a massive defensive assignment last year, we assume it's going to be more this year. What is sort of that next progression in Scotty Barnes' development? I don't don't let me undersell how high I am on Scotty Barnes with a statement I'm going to make here because when my home my covering team the Brooklyn Nets here close to home when the trade conversations were happening it was yeah we'll take Scotty Barnes thank you so much and then we'll, and we'll build from there right 21 years old everything out in front of them but the next phase for for uh, Scotty Barnes is getting better in every single facet of his game. And by the way, so let's just go back to the, when he gets drafted there, you're drafted fourth overall and you can say from the outside, Oh, was it a reach or they're taking a little bit of a marginal gamble on this player. If there's one organization that I would, I wouldn't doubt when they make their selection in the draft, it's the Toronto Raptors. Like that is one of the cornerstones of this organization. They fundamentally know who they are. They know what their identity is. They know the skill sets that they like. And if they scout and see a player 6'9", Scotty Barnes playing at the three, but can switch up to the four, has a skill set that is very buildable at the NBA level, I'm only emboldened by by them taking them as high as they do. Scotty did a lot of good things in his rookie year. You mentioned it. When you don't know what you don't know, it kind of of helps you have a better rookie campaign. When I go and look at his highlights, though, the areas that he needs to continue to grow and improve. So I like him in transition – but he needs to get more refined. He needs to move at better pace. He needs to really force the issue there. The facilitating aspect of his game. When you start to get that ball in your hands, because you ideally would rather him be pushing the tempo than say Pascal Siakam. You obviously want to get into Van Fleet's hands. You want to get into Trent Jr.'s hands. But if you can get those rebounds on the defensive glass and start to push, you want to reward your trailing talent. You want to reward your guys that are out there on the wings. He needs to get better offensively in terms of expanding out his shooting. I love that he has the mid-range game. It's the art of the mid-range that, that players seem to get away from too quickly. It's a very empty space on the floor that you can go to and somewhat automatically get free points. Didn't shoot a high enough percentage from the outside. Didn't shoot enough from the outside. And he doesn't have to be lights out. But as soon as you start to convince the defense they need to stretch out and defend you there, thinking about first from a team perspective, Pascal Siakam gets in behind. You have the slashing lanes are open. So you start to open up the paint more for Birch, right, for your bigs, so that it isn't I need to go into that space in order to be effective. You just start to get a little bit more of that range going. And as he develops what he does with the ball in his hands, if he starts to work on his one-on-one game and becomes more effective with that, reach out, force switches, put defense in difficult spots, and then expose those matchups because you have size, you have length. Think about any player. I'll use Kevin Durant as the model here. When you suck somebody out, but any player with length, if you suck out a mismatch on defense, your first two two strides getting past them puts you a step and a half beyond them, and you're going to the bucket, and you're looking to draw fouls. You're looking to get to the line. So all of that to say, he did everything great as a baseline, but now it's about doing the next piece, and the exuberance you have as a rookie also puts a lot of film on tape for the opposition. 
you are not coming into games where they are looking at Scotty Barnes as the third biggest concern, the fourth biggest concern. There's going to be matchups where they say, let's go ahead and make sure we shut down Scotty Barnes and see if Siakam can carry the load. Can he be the number one player on this roster? And that's where it looks like from a personality standpoint and from a work ethic standpoint, Scotty Barnes is going to take that next leap. It's just how quickly does it come along for him? Okay. So, and that'll lead me to my last and final question here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's let's talk about this a little bit because I, I'm talking this out of my head because I you I have the question but you know entertainment value here. Um, <laughs> no, it's funny because you said first of all I love that Scotty Barnes can can flip out of the three and the four. We had that conversation here all the time. There wasn't a lot of versatility on the Raptors. I Me mean, OG a little bit can do kind of that, but we never really had guys that could just you know where we could kind of plug and play where we need them. But and, so, and just quickly, by the way, too, that's one of the, the parts of his development is what happens around him. It's the same thing when we talk about Siakam and being a really good number two to an elite number one. Scotty Barnes' growth is also dependent on the growth of the players around him and what Nick Nurse does to manufacture more opportunities for easy success for him. No, great point. Now, the last piece is, so going into last season, there was very little let, I'll just say there was very little hope for the Raptors. We were all kind of conceding that this team is, it was weird because everybody kept saying this team's on a rebuild, but I'm like, man, we still have Freddie. We still have Pascal. We just got Scott like this still have OG. Like we still got bench guys. We, it didn't look like a rebuild, but the expectations were very low. Uh, this team exceeds expectation, goes to the playoffs has a hard fought first round against Philly. Thought we were going to see another big comeback like they did in the Kawhi. They didn't fell a little bit short and now heading into this season, because Toronto's a little bit like New York. So this is where we can, you know, we we can we can relate here. Expectations, not just from the fan base, but from the media, are through the roof. Like we're mm. almost at championship or bust territory now. And I'm sitting there going, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, <laughs> maybe if, if the Durant trade would have happened, I'd be in that conversation, like when Kawhi was here. So Talk to my my fellow Raptors fans here in Toronto. Talk to the crew in four minutes or less, and <laughs> <laughs> and and let them know what are realistic expectations for the Raptors this year. Yeah, I think. Listen, going into last season, I looked at them as I do in most years as a low level, like buy low, sell high on a team that could surprise some people. Championship or bust. It's too aggressive because you don't you don't know who your elite number one guy is. It's a lot to put on Scotty Barnes to now be that guy for you. OG and Anobi, the concerns around health and consistency there too. His game still needs to grow, and he's he's a bit down the road. So you may be starting to see what the ceiling is for him. You look by, by a lot of metrics, betting websites, the Toronto Raptors are seventh favorited in the Eastern Conference to win the conference. And it's because you got a team like Cleveland that goes and makes the move for Donovan Mitchell. I They still fall into the category, the Toronto Raptors. Go through the list, right? The Boston Celtics, they have a better number one on their roster than Toronto does. So do, does Milwaukee. So does Philadelphia. Uh, so does the Brooklyn Nets, right? The Miami Heat don't. They're a really good regular season team. The uh, Chicago Bulls, don't but they're a nice collection of talent i think your expectation should be not dissimilar from where you were last year being the fifth seed maybe even a little bit lower but with consistency the toronto raptors are the team that high ranking seeds don't want to see in the first round they have length they're well coached they have pretty good switchability defensively right you have three guys on your roster that all can play up to three positions when we talk about defensively. That creates congestion. It creates problems. Think about Boston sweeping the Brooklyn Nets this past round, right? So there's an opportunity there for have success, 
but it comes down to what is the state of Fred Van Fleet's game? Is is Trent Jr. taking the next big step forward? And where is the evolution of Scotty Barnes? You do that, you can surprise a team. You can win a first-round series. I think that they almost are in a similar spot to the pre-Kawhi Leonard moment when you go, if you're looking for a, you know, a, a little stopover on your way to somewhere else, we can be the place for you. And I, and I don't mean that in any way disrespectfully or any way that Toronto fans shouldn't be excited. This team is, is a team that nobody wants to face. Nobody wants to see the Toronto Raptors. That is a great quality to have. But just like last playoffs, you grind it out, you come close. But what does it come down to? The best players on the court, typically. The teams with the best players on the court on a game-to-game, series-to-series basis, more often than not win. And the, the question here is, are the Raptors team, that approach of team overall talent, is that going to be able to outweigh some of these early series in the playoffs? I'll be interested to see. I think you still look at them somewhere in that five to seven range going into the playoffs and then looking to see the growth over the course of the season that suggests, hey, we can win a series and then get into a dangerous battle with those top four Eastern Conference towns. Adam, you had me at nobody wants to play the Toronto Raptors. Uh, listen, I got to get out of here. I was supposed to be somewhere at 730. I've already told them I'm running a little bit late. Can you uh, let the people know where they can find you? I know you find Adam. Obviously, he'll be over at DeanBlendell.com, but tell them about your new podcast. Tell them everywhere they can find you. I suggest you truthfully watch and do and, and read and everything Adam does. He's one of the best in the business. I always appreciate the kind words, right? You should be more on time for these kind of things. Listen, you go over, you get Locked On Nets podcast on your feeds. We're over on YouTube as well. My co-host, Doug Norrie, and I would break that down five days a week. We're ecstatic to get that season kicked off. One giant podcast, YouTube podcast. We're eager for Monday Night Football against the division rival. Adam Up Sports, that's going to be DeanBlendell.com. You're going to see me on the blogs there. I waited specifically for this appearance before I kicked off the full episodes over there, taking a look at the landscape of the NBA at large, at Adam Armbrecht over on Twitter. Um, I'm available, guys. I'm just I'm out there to find you. Want, you want to have a sports conversation, friends. I'm there for you and really excited to be doing this and doing more of these conversations throughout the season. Adam, I appreciate you, buddy. We will see you next week at 7 p.m. Eastern time. He will be here. Appreciate you, Adam. Take care, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Adam Ombrike. And now music means that it has come to an end. Ray Sports Rant done for the day. And uh, make sure you go check out Adam everywhere. Like I said, I'm not bullshitting when I say he's one of the best in the business. I worked with him over on uh, when I worked for a company called Sportscaster. We were both broadcasters over there. Did uh, a collaboration for Thursday Night Football. Uh, Absolutely phenomenal. So great to have him a part of the Dean Blundell Network. And moving forward, as uh, as we said, we got announcements coming out the next few days here. Um, Can't tell you yet. Next few days it's coming. You heard Dean. That's it for me. Make sure you tune in every day. Hit that like button. Subscribe if you're on the podcast. Appreciate you. If you want to get the audio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, DeanBlundell.com. You know it by now. And uh, appreciate y'all. Never forget, you're all legit, kid. Do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports marianne iveson from iveson voice and the let's take this outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.